Hello, thank you for joining us once again. My name is Matt Phillips and you're listening to Run Chat Live, episode 6. So, episode 6 came uh, as a result of feedback from episode 5. I'm hoping if uh, I'm managing through these podcasts to reach out to more runners, aside from the ones who know me or have heard of me, that um, the way I challenged stretching in episode 5 of Run Chat Live actually rustled a few, few feathers. Um, it certainly did when uh, the original uh, Facebook Live went out. Even some therapists were um, sending me some um, fairly expressive messages um, on social media about how um, there's a trend now to kind of criticise stretching too much. But I'm fairly adamant that we need to stop spending so much time stretching as runners. And so in this podcast, I basically tell you why Um starting to think well what sort of range of movement do I need for running you know what it's not much more than walking okay bear that in mind um so yeah it's a follow-up I hope you enjoy it um and if you do then obviously please leave some comments you can always go to my website sportinjumat.co.uk ask me any questions so yeah here we go enjoy Um, sorry about the slightly late start phone calls because we are once again at Studio 57 Clinic um, and it's getting busy now um, so just a quick reminder that if you are looking to book in because of the race season coming up and everything then um, yeah do call up I'm here on Sundays and Mondays yeah um, obviously we've got another team of 10 who work outside um, but if you want to see me in particular then just a reminder um, book up you can book online or call the clinic on 01273 and just get in there because it is getting busy anyway right welcome to another Sunday morning uh, live chat um, for those of you who don't know my name is Matt Phillips and I'm here at Studio 57 Clinic and Stride UK Gate Analysis in Hove Sussex, England. Um, today, what are we talking about? We're looking at, um, yeah, stretching again, which I was a bit worried about. But after talking to um, a wonderful selection of coaches from British Triathlon yesterday up in Guildford, I realised that it's still a subject uh, full of misconceptions um, and uh, something that. It's still worth me talking about. So um, I'm glad I went to that presentation. I'm glad I talked to the coaches and um, because it's given me confidence today. Because the problem is in the circles I mix, especially on social media, I'm sure other people find this, is you kind of, there's a danger of only hanging out with people who share your opinion. Okay, so uh, morning, David, morning in. By hanging out with people with your own opinion, you kind of think that everybody's knows it you know you think that everybody uh, you've got nothing left to say so it's always rewarding when you do go out into the real world when you go outside of twitter and facebook and instagram and um, and you talk to the real people and you realize that a lot of what you got to say is still not out there um, social media is still a drop in the ocean um, uh, because we do mix in circles which are full of people who already know what we're saying and they're saying they're just confirming our biases so anyway, yes, stretching. Um, the other reason why I'm talking about stretching again was because there were some interesting questions put to me by um, somebody 
He hasn't got back to me yet um, about whether I'm able to mention his name or not. So I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, he, he put a post on Facebook suggesting that a lot of therapists now are totally anti-stretching um, and it's gone over the top. Um, I think he's got an ebook on stretching, so obviously it's touched him personally. Um, and he thinks some therapists go over the top. There's like now a pandemic of you don't need to stretch over. It's bad for you uh, based on just a couple of studies. So um, rather than I tried replying a couple of times, but, you know, you just get tired of texting and you've got other things going on. So I said to him, well, look, I'll reply in a post. I'll do I'll, I'll reply in a Facebook broadcast because it allows me to put a it's easier, isn't it, than typing out and sending and then waiting. So um, some of the challenges that were kind of put to me was um, that stretching. One of the main ones that hit me was even if you don't use a range of movement, then having that range of movement has a benefit because it increases your capacity. The actual words was load capacity. So because my argument was how many times a day do you actually touch your toes? Forget about runners for the moment. Let's just think of functional, just everyday tasks. How many times a day do you need to actually touch your toes and keeping your legs straight, i.e. require that extensibility in the hamstrings? Um, an interesting point was made by one of the coaches yesterday. He said, well, that's why we've got knees. And it kind of everyone laughed and it was fantastic. But it's true. We've got knees to bend our legs. If I'm putting a shoe on or doing a shoelace up, I don't need to keep my leg totally straight. If I'm picking something up off the floor, I don't need to keep my legs totally straight. We've got knees to make that unnecessary, which I thought was quite amusing. Um, and I still, so I replied, we don't you know, why bother training for something we're not going to use? But there's this idea that having more of it actually um, helps maybe prevent injury or gives us greater capacity. Or I still claim that for everyday tasks, that's like, I'm not sure it's a good, a strong argument. Um, and also, let's imagine that you do suddenly have a, you slip up in some snow and your leg goes off at a crazy angle as if you were, I don't know, tackling a ball in football. So your adductor muscles, for example, or your hamstrings are put under a great strain. If you had that range of movement, if you were, if you trained yourself to be able to do the splits, would you therefore save yourself from injury? Um, and I would suggest that the answer is no, because rain, having a range of movement, having flexibility is not a skill. It won't really save you from anything unless you've got the strength and the control and the coordination and the timing and all these other elements of fitness and health and um, which allow you to actually use that range. And this is a big factor over why, especially when it comes to sport, um, if you're not using a range, there's no advantage. You can't really take flexibility out of the equation as if it's something that needs to be developed by itself. You will get flexibility for a sport by training that sport. Even in sports like martial arts and dance, I'm from a martial art background, so this is maybe why this is quite personal to me and why I enjoy talking about stretching. My party piece was always jumping up and doing the splits. Okay, And I could do that because I used to train whatever, three times a week, and I'd be doing ballistic training. And But I'd be kicking people in the head for three days a week. Not always in the head, but I'd be going for high kicks. So because I was using that movement all the time, my body, for whatever mechanism, which is interesting as well, but I was able to do it. So at parties, I would jump into the splits, and whoa, suddenly I was Mr. Popular. 
Of course, when I gave up martial arts and moved more into half marathon runs, then I noticed that I started losing that flexibility. And for me, it was a particularly painful um, realization because suddenly at parties, I was jumping up to do the splits on the dance floor in an inebriated state. And I was suffering the consequences when I hit the floor. Um, and I therefore found out, much to the amusement of everyone else, that you, I couldn't really have the best of both worlds if I was no longer practicing kicking high then I was no longer going to have that flexibility okay and, and I draw on that experience a lot to explain why for example in running we're never going to use that flexibility you shouldn't really be kicking people in the head during a marathon or half marathon or any distance race um, and if you don't use it then there's the expression of if you lose it you use you lose it if you don't use it then you lose it connected to the neural system I think is a big one and applicable um, you don't necessarily lose it, but it'll, you'll snooze it. Okay, so if you don't use that range um, in a coordinated, strength-based way, then it'll snooze, and you won't be using it anymore. It won't be that easy to get into that range. So anyway, um, yes, the idea of having range, opening windows of opportunity, and saving it—I um, can't buy that based on the evidence we've got. So. Obviously, for me, it's all about educating runners. And that was one of the big conversations. The first half of the talk yesterday was about um, stretching for runners because it's something that still. Go to a park run or go to a race and I don't know, 90 percent of the people have still got their leg up in a post and they're trying to stretch out their hamstrings. Some will be kneeling down and trying to stretch their hip flexors. Um, it's still done. Even though the coaches kind of said, we don't give static stretching before runs anymore. And UK Athletics and British Triathlons kind of the coat on the training courses, static stretching is out. Runners are still doing it. Okay, It's still happening in the majority. So that's why I thought today would ask why. Why do we stretch? So you, if you're a stretcher, then um, just have a few moments to think, why do you do it? What do you think is achieving? Have you had enough time? Good. So most of the reasons why people stretch is, for example, before or after a run is for injury prevention. Let's use that first of all. People believe that if you stretch before a run or if you stretch afterwards, it will reduce your risk of injury. OK, and that's a heavy reason to stretch. OK, I understand why runners do that, because no runners wants to get injured. The evidence, though, and that's something we always have to look at. OK, don't assume just because everyone does it and just because it's all over the Internet and just because even like even other physios and, and health professionals tell you to do it. Don't assume that it's for that reason correct, because actually the evidence is not there. OK, as far as injury prevention goes, not there at all. OK, it's it's almost past week. It's, there's even studies out there which show that it could potentially increase the risk of injury. Okay, especially if you've got a large range of motion and you haven't got the control through that range. Potentially one of the reasons that female athletes run into different types of injuries because they have got more um, flexibility and more range of movement around the joints. Um, and it always surprises runners when they come in here and I say, you know what your issue is? You're actually too flexible. And the number of times I get a runner going, what do you mean I'm too flexible? I'm spending every single day try to become flexible because that's what I'm told and now you're telling me that because I'm too flexible I'm getting injured and I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa. don't kill the messenger I'm just kind of planting the seed 
that when we look at the evidence and the physiology, yes, you have an extreme range of motion, but you haven't got control over that range. And the last thing you want to do is just be stretching that endpoint to get more range. It doesn't make sense. We need to work at controlling that range, at having mobility as opposed to flexibility. How do I do that? They would ask me. And I said, well, to get control over the range, we need to start doing some strength. We need to just start using that range under a load so you can actually control it and then dictate when you use it, when you don't use it. Deceleration as well as acceleration and all that kind of stuff. You don't get that from holding an endpoint and just stretching the hell out of a muscle with your leg in the air and a strap. It doesn't come. And you certainly don't get it by someone else holding your leg and pushing down on you. So as far as injury prevention goes, sorry, but if that's your reason for stretching, not much evidence for it. Okay, And what's more, there's better, more evidence-based ways of reducing injury risk out there. And this is the main issue I have with people stretching too much, is because by devoting their hard-earned time, free time, to stretching, they're potentially missing out on something else. Anyway, so injury prevention. And why else people stretch? And the other reason, they believe that it will reduce soreness, reduce DOMS. Okay, That's another reason why people particularly stretch after a run. Again, done by most people. And at the triathlon convention yesterday, coaches were quite surprised that I was kind of suggesting that post-run static stretching might be either a waste of time or potentially damaging and increase soreness. So the, the evidence shows that it definitely won't reduce, well, in most cases it doesn't reduce soreness. Um, in fact, in some cases, and it makes sense when you look at the physiology, after you've run particularly a hard session, it's natural to have tears. We tear our muscles all the time, little micro tears, and we need to tear our muscles to then force the system to adapt, repair, get stronger, which is why we need to eat well and sleep and let our body grow. And then the little tears heal and get stronger. And that's how we get stronger. So after a particularly hard session, um, if you've got these micro tears, let's say in your hamstrings, and you're taking your hamstring to end point and aggressively trying to stretch it, potentially the theory is you could be increasing these micro tears to something more substantial, and that in itself could lead to uh, more soreness. Um, and again, it's anecdotal, but a lot of runners who come here and they're suffering from um, lots of soreness after exercise, after their runs, um, and they have quite a rigorous static stretching um, kind of regime after the runs, I'll say to them, well, look, let's test it out. Okay, let's try backing down on the stretching a bit. If your hip flexor is aching like hell, let's not stretch it after you run and see what happens. Okay, because after all, testing is a great way of doing stuff. Okay, we can look at the evidence, that's really important, but let's see what happens to you. And, and um, again, it's anecdotal, but the amount of runners who come back to me and say, my hip flexor is not hurting this week. And the only thing I've kind of changed is not stretching the hell out of it after a run. Bingo, that'll do for me. Okay, so if you are stretching and spending a long time stretching after runs um, because you believe it will reduce your soreness, unlikely. Okay, the evidence suggests that the main reason for soreness after exercise is because you've made an effort that... Um, I, oh, beardy, damn it. I thought that said beauty. Oh, I was quite touched then. Thanks, Lab. Yes, thank you. Um, so, yeah, if you are sore after an exercise, it might mean that you've done too much. Okay. 
or it might mean that's just what you need to expect after a hard session. If you're sore all the time, then maybe you're just doing too many hard sessions in a row. Maybe you're not kind of adhering to that 20-80 principle of 20% hard sessions, 80% sessions where you're not necessarily hard, um, sore afterwards. Okay, so injury prevention, weak evidence for stretching. Um, soreness, avoiding DOMS, weak evidence. Um, performance enhancement. Okay, so some people believe that they stretch before a run um, because they believe it will help their performance. Again, evidence very weak. In fact, evidence suggests in some studies that stretching aggressively in a static way, like holding stretches for 20 seconds or more before a run, could actually reduce your performance. I know, reduce it. Um, so studies have shown that giving five static stretches for 20 or 30 seconds to runners, um, both to elites and to um, recreational distance runners, can actually reduce um, the, either the time at which they complete a 30-minute test run um, or, um, or a sprint as well. So, yeah, static stretching has been shown to reduce a distance run of 30 minutes and the time to complete a sprint. It's thought this ties in quite nicely with the, the theory of the whole elastic recoil exchange system with tendons needing to absorb the ground energy and then release it. Um, and if you've got too much flexibility around a joint, um, then you basically absorb less of that energy. You've got a slinky spring. Um, so it kind of ties in quite nicely. Um, but yeah, if you are stretching because you believe it will help your performance, Evidence-wise, unlikely to help your performance and could potentially even be decreasing it. Okay, That's three so far. Fourth reason why people stretch. Because it feels good. Okay, it feels good when I do it. Fantastic. Okay, this is the one reason for stretching that I cannot argue against. If it feels good for you, then do it. I love stretching. Most of us start off each day with a nice big stretch, like a cat. Yeah, it's fantastic. Stretching obviously makes us feel good. We're not quite sure why. Um, there could be some physiological change or release of some form, but there's no doubt about it, and it happens in the wild animals do it. Um, but you don't see a cat stretching his or her hamstrings or hip flexors before they're about to jump up on a shed. And I'm sorry if that sounds kind of cynical, but it's just we have developed these beliefs that stretching can do more than it actually can. Um, where they've come from, I don't know, who knows? Um, I guess stretching is something that if you believe in these things, it's something that can then be taught, it's something that can be sold, something that can be marketed maybe, I don't know. Um, but the evidence is not there and there's definitely not enough evidence to support all the different types of stretching that are out there. Because um, that's another thing as well. A lot of people who Excuse me. Um, some people, even in the conference yesterday, um, some coaches said, "Ah, oh, yes, Matt, we know that static stretching is no good. Uh, but what about um, kind of the more advanced type of stretching? Um, what about the proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitative stretching? Um, uh, the cracks and the CRs and the ACs and all these type of kind of advanced stretches? Well, Drumroll. Unfortunately, none of these advanced type of stretches have actually shown to have any more benefit than static stretching. 
even if you put a contraction in before the release, even if you've got um, a therapist pushing against their leg, pushing against your, you're pushing against their arm, you're holding it, and then you're releasing it, and they're passively, uh, actively pushing you into a more range. All of these kind of different combinations, which involve um, somebody helping you or you using a rope, no evidence to support it, I'm afraid. Um, sorry about that if you are a practitioner and you use this in your therapy a lot. Um, that's not to say you don't see momentary gains in flexibility. Um, definitely, we see that all the time. Um, in the gym and in clinic, we can increase your flexibility in 10 seconds just by having you lie down and doing one of these techniques. But there's a problem. One, does it actually last that long or as soon as you... 10 minutes after you've been walking outside or when you wake up the next day, is it still there? Two, what are we hoping to achieve by increasing this flexibility? Even if it lasted for an extra kind of, even if it lasted for days or months, again, looking at the reasons, why are we trying to increase your flexibility? Because it feels good, yep, no doubt about it. If you're doing these advanced techniques because your runner feels better when they leave the clinic and they, they will feel better you feel looser it's like having a click and adjustment you're going to walk out feeling great but let's make sure that as professionals we're aware how long that sensation is going to last for because you know what the problem is if that person if we know that person is coming back next week with the same range and the same pain and the same aches as when they came to you the week before and you're charging them again and again and again, then that starts knocking on the door of unethical. If you're not saying anything, if you're happily increasing their range and then they come back and it's the same and you increase it, comes back, increase it. You've got to ask yourself a question, right, I'm taking money for this. And if in the meantime, they're still suffering from the same problems and injuries and pain, etc., then, you know, you're knocking on a pretty nasty door. Um, so, yeah, there we go. What else can I say about it? Yoga. That's the thing I wanted to fish up. What time is it? Five to ten. Okay, I'm trying to make these less than a half an hour. Um, I've got nothing against yoga. I love yoga. Okay. Um, depending on what the goal of the teacher and what your reason for going to yoga is. The difference between yoga and just holding a stretch is the mind connection. Okay. It's the movement, it's specific postures, not so much, okay, holding a particular posture will gain strength because you're trying to maintain that position, but it's moving from that posture into another posture. And when I talk to the yoga teachers who we work with here at Studio 57 Clinic and Stride UK, I need to make sure that that yoga teacher believes that the advantages of yoga are not increasing range necessarily, for most people it's about again developing control strength balance coordination the ability to move in and out of positions it's not just let's see how if we can get you to touch your toes okay and there's an awful lot of yoga teachers out there who already know that um, and they convey it to their class they make sure that people going there aren't just trying to increase their range because what about the people who don't need to increase range generalizing but most women do not need to increase their range of movement they've already got if not more than enough especially if they're trying to um, uh, do well at some particular sport that involves uh, an elastic recall some kind of um, spring mechanics um, 
if they're going to yoga, it's because they need to develop that strength, that coordination, the balance, um, the ability um, to, to control movement whilst they're breathing and all the mind uh, relaxations and all the other wonderful things that come with not just yoga, but Tai Chi and Pilates and all these kind of movements with intent. So please don't have the idea that I'm anti-stretching. Just to sum up, I'm not at all. Um, what I'm against is, well, not against, what I try to tell people is that if you want to stretch, and that's great. If it feels great, then, then keep doing it, obviously. But make sure you know that what your intention for stretching is might not be true. If you think you're preventing injury, you're probably not. If you think that you're going to be less sore, you're probably not. If you think you're enhancing your performance in a chosen sport, you're probably not, it's particularly running. Okay. Um, and if you've got any of those three which you're concentrating your time, money and efforts on, then if you take stretching out of the equation, you're more likely to start looking for something else. Okay, whether it's running form or maybe it's strength or maybe it's agility, coordination, all the other factors of fitness. Um, and that's the important thing. So I think that's my conclusion um, or my summary for today. Um, if you've got any questions, as always, then leave them in the comments. Um, next week, I've already got an idea what I'm going to talk about, but I like to kind of leave it open in case someone asks me something or objects to something or criticizes. But I think next week, if I don't get anything to the opposite, I'm going to talk about this whole idea of um, running form and what we're chasing uh, what we think is the ideal way to run. Um, most people realise there's not one optimum running form. But we're going to look at the different styles of running form and whether we should be trying to mimic one of those or another one of those, if you can tell. So that's what's coming up next Sunday, I believe, at 9.30am. Um, thanks for watching live if you did. If you're watching the recorded version, then thanks as well. Um, always appreciated if you can spread it on social media. They're getting quite popular these now, which is great. Uh, but... Do please spread them, share them, let people know when I put the reminders on, um, because I think that's oh, a great way to get the information out there, which is all I'm trying to do. Okay, I've already got a full day today here in clinic, so um, it's not like I'm trying to draw up more business. Believe me, I only worked two days in clinic, I teach the other days. So it's just getting the information out there, uh, educating runners, um, because at the end of the day, that's what I want to do. I just want to get runners out there healthier, hitting their PBs. And if they want in the process, want to say, oh, Matt, help me get that PB, then that makes my day. So thank you very much. We'll see you later on. See you next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Bye-bye. You're listening to Run Chat Live podcast, putting the evidence back into running injury and performance.